0: this episode of writing excuses is brought to you by audible visit audiblepodcast.com excuse to start your free trial membership
1: season eight episode 12.
2: this is writing excuses project in depth deus ex nauseam 15 minutes long
1: because you're in a hurry and
2: we're not that smart i'm brandon i'm dan i'm mary and i'm on the spot that's right so we did a series um, earlier in the year of projects in-depth where we took one of each of our stories. And the three other podcasters interviewed the person whose story was in um, the hot seat about why they'd done it, how they'd done it, the story behind it, um, looking at from writerly eyes, uh, trying to help you all see how we put together stories. We did it with um, longer works last time. We're picking shorter works for each of us this time. Yeah, we figured that uh, it wasn't fair to
3: you to make you read you know, 300,000, 800,000 pages worth of stuff in order to understand the cast. So this batch of project in depth is going to be shorter. I also didn't think it was fair that everybody else got to share stories with you that were in print, and mine was only available on the web. So this time, we're picking a story of mine that's actually only available in print. Right. Deus Ex Nauseam is the bonus story at the end of the print version of Schlock Mercenary Emperor Pius Day.
2: Now you um, you have several interesting stories about how this bonus story came to be. Yep. Um, let's start with the, the the blood, sweat, and tears. Um, the the blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, in Emperor Pius
3: Day, uh, one of the characters uh, discovers that he is uh, he is brain damaged and brilliant, and it's an important plot point in one of the uh, uh, one of the little arcs in the main book. And I thought it would be fun to take him uh, after his head has healed and turn him into kind of a Sherlock Holmes in a tropical paradise and tell a story there. That seemed like a fun bonus story to tell. Mm -hmm. The bonus stories at the back of the Schlock mercenary books are anywhere from uh, 6 to 16 pages long uh, in in comic uh, comic pages. Um, And that just seemed like fun to me. And so I sat down and began scripting a science fiction sherlock holmes story and i was about three quarters of the way through it and realized that uh, besides being you know kind of difficult to write a good mystery it was boring mm. not
2: nearly enough stuff was exploding okay you, what else, what about it was boring you can do exciting without things exploding so I, not, I know you can do exciting without and, stuff. And exploding. You say you specifically I, can. Yes, you have before. You have. I, yes. And in
3: this case, I was not. Okay. Uh, and part of the problem, part of the problem was that I was sick. Okay. Uh, I was. I wrestled with pneumonia that whole winter. Um, and the other part of the problem is that I was so obsessed with the form that I was working within that I wasn't playing to my strengths, which are. Uh, you know, comic dialogue, character interaction, uh, I was obsessing over clues and puzzles, um, which I mean I can write clues and puzzles, but it's it's not where I'm strong, and i was I was physically ill I was having a really hard time with it and one of the one of the guiding principles of good comics came to me, and that is that there has to be a reason for this story to have been illustrated. You don't... I mean, there, you can tell a comic book story that mm-hmm. you could also tell in prose. There's nothing wrong right. with that. But if you're going to take the time to print a book that has big, colorful pictures in it, there have to be interesting pictures. And the story I had told so far didn't have any interesting pictures in it. Um, and so I pulled back and thought, well we need aliens, we need explosions, we need, what can I do? And I made a list of the things that I wanted to draw.
1: Okay. So one of them was a green koala?
4: <laughs> um, Ish. Yeah. My, my question for you, this, this story, I love this bonus story, but frankly, it is incredibly weird. It has just yeah. a wacky, wacky narrative structure to it, which yep. I find Delightful, but I want to know where that came from. Basically, for for those who haven't read it, out in the audience, this is a series of Deus ex Machina's where the kind of fleet mind, super godlike being, Petey steps in and saves all these stories. And so we're seeing the last five minutes of story after story after story.
2: But it's interwoven with a personal story about one character. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And so it's 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 really two narratives. Petey's narrative, which is like a half dozen deus ex machinas and then, is it John? Is that his? Yeah. Yeah. John's narrative where he is trying to, this is the character you wanted to have yep. do a Sherlock Holmes yeah. story, so he's still in it. So, so where did that structure come from?
3: Um, I realized that the, the whole theme of Emperor Pius Day, uh, and it's not a theme that I'm uh, proud of, because I think I was heavy-handed with it. Um, is the nature of uh, the nature of agency, and the role of God in a universe in which agency is important, um, and and as overall themes for the book go, uh, yeah, I wasn't really happy the way it played out, and a lot of people complained that any time PD was in a story, it just ended up being Deus ex machina. And I got a little angry and I said, you want deus ex machina? <laughs> Let me show you what deus ex machina looks like. And I had Petey save the day again and again and again and again and again. And as I was playing this, I thought, well, what if, what if, I mean, if agency is really important, then I have to have a situation in which he would be too late. He would be almost in time to save the day, but someone else pulls it off. And from Petey's standpoint, someone else has been the deus ex machina, you know, as him as the protagonist. If you look at Petey as the protagonist mm-hmm. of this story, John de Trees so is, is a deus a ex machina.
4: humanus ex machina saving God's butt. Exactly. Um,
3: and yet there, there are several deus ex stories in there. And those stories aren't important. We just get the ends of them. Um, and those were where I got to, it's, it's like the James Bond story where we don't care what the adventure is at the beginning of his movie. We just know that he's going to jump in an airplane and crap's going to blow up and he flies away and gets the girl and then a new adventure begins. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a weird pacing structure. The other thing that this let me do is salvage the Sherlock Holmes bits that were actually interesting. Um, the
2: pieces of dialogue, the plot turns, uh, Looking at it myself, I would say it became a bit more James Bond and a bit less Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, And that works much more to your style. Yes, it does. Um, And so...
1: Look, exploding things. Yes. Exploding (laughs) mattresses.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Mary.
1: Well, one of the things that I felt when I was reading it, and I could be wrong, but I felt like I could still see the regular weekly structure.
3: Yes. Yes, you can.
1: Even though you did not write it to go...
3: Yes, that is correct, and that is um, that is an artifact of my writing process. Uh, it's it's difficult for me to break out of, um, and sometimes when I write these bonus stories, I'm in a hurry, and with this one, I, I tried to write a Sherlock Holmes story that was actually going to bend some of those rules, and I was sick, and I was late, and I was behind a deadline, and thought, eh, you know what, we just got to play to my strengths. Um, Sunday comics are big, splashy things where P.D. saves the day. Daily comics are, you know, dialogue and adventure. All right, there's my formula. Go. This was a thing that I knew how to do, and I needed to do it under deadline. And, um, uh, yep. There is no reason to not be proud of hitting a deadline and making money. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm not And so I'm going to
3: stop apologizing for it, because uh, I love the way the story, the story came turned out. It
2: out, turned out very well. Yeah
3: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics
2: you love for just
4: $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with
0: any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Let's stop for a Book of the Week, though. Mary, will you Book of the Week us? It's a short story collection of which you are part.
1: Oh, that's right. I was like, what did we say? Um, this is The Improbable Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, edited by john joseph adams it's got stories by authors like well i'm in it uh but neil gaiman robert j sawyer michael moorcock and ah those hacks <laughs> yes but the thing that is particularly fun about this uh is that john has mixed uh, sherlock holmes stories that are uh straight And Sherlock Holmes stories that are supernatural. Mm -hmm. And he does not identify which is which. So when you're going along, there is that question of is the solution to this going to be
2: supernatural or not? Yeah. That is cool. It's a
1: really cool short story collection.
3: So go on out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can start a 30-day free trial membership and download, what was the name of the The collection? The
1: Improbable Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The
3: Improbable (laughs) Adventures of Sherlock Holmes for free. Um, If you are looking for just straight-up Sherlock Holmes, there is also Sherlock Holmes and the Secret Weapon, dramatized uh, obviously by Arthur Conan Doyle and narrated by Basil Rathbone. Um, and uh, you can pick that one up for 30% off if you uh, kick off a free trial. So, um, back to grilling yes. me.
1: So, what thing are you most proud of with this sucker? <laughs>
3: um, honestly, it is the, the mirroring, the reversal, the, uh, uh, the twisting of the deus ex machina concept. Uh, every last one of Petey's adventures... You are getting an ending that hasn't been foreshadowed. Until you get to the third one and you realize, well, this has happened before. Right. Therefore, repetition is a foreshadowing mm-hmm. in and of itself. Um, and then the very end is.
2: breaking the formula.
3: It breaks, well, it breaks mm-hmm. the formula, but it's also not a deus ex machina mm-hmm. because in, if. let me rewind just a little bit. One of my rules about deus ex machina is that if this has been in some way foreshadowed, even if god himself comes down and saves the day if you foreshadow that that's happening right it's not deus ex machina it can be satisfying and in the very first of pd's adventures and i need to grab the uh i need to grab the page i can't find it um it's actually on page uh uh 160 uh pd says to another one of the pd fleet mind nodes are you wishing me luck and the other node says no just be a good protagonist and don't wait around for somebody else's ex machina to drop you some Deus. And that's exactly what happens at Mm. the end of the book. Somebody else saves his bacon. And so even though it is, it isn't. And I was very pleased with that.
1: Did you know that when you wrote that line or is that something you had to go back? Oh no,
3: that's, that's when I, when I wrote that line, I thought, yep, I have to rig this so that John saves the day and Petey was too late um, and then
2: But it's, care- it's actually satisfying for Petey to be too late because we've seen him work so hard. Yes. It's like, it's the same sort of thing, Indiana Jones works very hard and still fails. Petey has saved countless millions. He's too late for this one, where we've been following the people, we have, where we have a deep emotional investment. Yep. So the payoff works very, very well. Mm-hmm. Though, I will say, one thing I noticed, there's a parody, smack dab in the middle of this. There is a parody. Only one of them is a, as a parody. Why is there a parody? What were you thinking? And um, I thought it was funny. I watched the uh, premiere
3: of the new Battlestar Galactica and was amazed at this reimagination of my childhood favorite. Uh, and then I watched the first two or three episodes and despised it because it was too dark. Okay. And I thought, you know what? Whatever they've Which done to Which is why Battlestar, I loved it. Oh, but... I know, and there's, <laughs> there are reasons to love dark yeah. things. Um, uh, and I had none of those reasons going for me with uh, this Battlestar. I wanted, I wanted space opera, and what I got was Space Les Mis or something. Um, <laughs> I totally he just writing sneered while well. he
4: said Les Mis, so we can't be friends I know. I, I'm, I'm so going to write did Space that manifest Les Mis. With and you
3: how did your... that manifest with me? I thought, you know what? I want to do a reimagining of the, uh, the Battlestar Galactica. You know, we are running from the fleet of robots um, and, and have it be silly, you know, the, the shard Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you know, we have our religious figure. Uh, we have the, what did I call them? Uh, instead of the Cylons, cyberoids. the cyberoids um, with an H in there to suggest <laughs> with an <H>. hemorrhoid. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, I had, I had fun with that. I wanted to make it silly, but what it let me do is draw a great big Battlestar Galactica-esque fleet um and
4: and it and was you drop know drop in actually a lot of matrix and terminator jokes yes. in addition to all of yes. the yeah uh, yes galactica jokes
3: yeah awesome and that was just me doing what uh what i so yes. rarely let myself do in the comic right and that's poke fun Straight at other parody. sci-fi now
4: yep. uh listeners if the uh if the Battlestar Galactica parody falls flat for you, you partly have me to blame because Howard wrote it and then called me over and said, you're like the biggest fan of this show. Look at this and tell me if I did it right. <laughs> Dan, Dan laughed
3: out loud. He belly laughed. He laughed so hard he sat down and that was before and the that's injury. That's
4: why I broke my tailbone. That, that was long <laughs> before the
2: breaking This is of the secret the... history. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Howard, did you plot this out? Um, did you did you free write this? How much of each did you do? Oh, um,
3: the outline for this uh, began with a page count. Okay. Um, which is uh, a horrible way for me to write bonus stories. Sandra is going to let up on me and, and not do that to me in the future because she sees how much it hurts. Uh, she told me, this is the number of pages you need to fill with the bonus story. I said, oh, okay, so the ending happens on this page and it takes up this much space. Because it has to have a big picture. And the beginning takes up this much space. And somewhere in the middle, I have to have some really big panels. Those are probably, well, the ending is Petey and John. The beginning is Petey. The middle can be all Petey, can be all John. Not sure yet. And then I started just with page numbers, just started roughly thumbnailing some circles and some squares and writing little blurbs in them. And I had the Sherlock Holmes plot line sitting in front of me. And literally, I just... Drew away like every other page and aligned them with the other notes I'd made to see if they fit. And it was like 90% aligned. And so so from
4: there I started writing scripts. I am interested to know if uh, the three little spots where Petey jumps in and and saves the day in a story we've never seen before, are any of those three stories going to appear in the future again in Schlock? Are we going to go back to the cyberoids are we going to go back to the horse people that got married
3: um i never throw anything away but i don't have specific plans oh, okay for any of those the uh the cyberoid folk uh their tech is is old tech uh legacy stuff that mm-hmm. uh, won't fit well into the current mega epic uh the other folks are small stories it would be fun to touch on um we, they may make cameos at later points in the story um we may visit their planet as part of a larger arc but uh, they're never going to swing back in as uh i say never in in the next in the next five to seven years i don't see them swinging back in in a big way um but like i said i never i never throw anything away
2: cool all right so writing prompt howard give us a writing prompt
3: okay um, I want you to try and do something similar to what I did. Uh, take one story and chuck every other page, <laughs> and and use that as framing material for another
2: story. Excellent. This has been writing excuses. You have excuses now. Go write.
0: If you aren't familiar with Locus magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror.